Hi everybody, this is Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kursky. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 43. And tonight we're talking about Green Lantern number 50, The Adam and Hawkman 46, and Blackest Night JSA number 2. And just in case anybody's wondering if I sound like crap, it's because my computer decided to die about two hours after we recorded last episode. So I'm on the phone this time. So you're literally phoning it in, Dan. Yeah, well, figure figure I should match you for once. <laughs> oh, that's that's so mean. Uh, yeah, come on, you, you literally used the phoning it in joke on me like, Three times at this point, I had to get that in there. <laughs> I have used that joke an awful lot. I think I posted it like four times on the internet. Oh, that's that's great. It's great to know that that our forum is talking about me behind my back for a week. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, this is uh, something I've been discussing: your computer dying and not being around. I wanted to give everybody a heads up while you weren't there. Oh, uh, that that part's appreciated. My, my mom's friend came to pick it up today, and I, I don't know exactly what's ha- happening. I just know there's a thing in his basement that could fix this. That's all I know. You now know what I know. So, you know, <laughs> hopefully it'll be back soon. Oh, boy. I just finished editing <laughs> episode 42, like, last night, I think, was it? Was it last night? Yeah, it went up last night. Oh, you poor bastard. Oh, man. That that episode, yeah. You know, it's not, an, it's not a bad episode to listen to. Because, you know, as I'm editing it, like, you know, I could tell, like, anybody that, you know, all of our listeners that listen to it, I think that they'll, they'll enjoy it. But, I mean, for us, like, to have to go through those books and then talk about the books and then listen to us talking about the books again, it was like, oh, God. I just want to, you know, let my memories of, like, Shazam and Catwoman and the Suicide Squad just, like, fade away and... Oh, God. It's like if you watch a movie that has a really intense fight scene in it, it's cool to watch. But you don't want to be the guy getting hit in the face with the lawnmower. <laughs> so. oh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was me, like, this past weekend. I was the one getting hit in the face with the lawnmower. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed it. Yeah. You would have liked to watch. Uh, uh, so, we have a slight little matter of our sponsor that we need to address. So, we've been saying it for weeks now, arobasilver.com. They have a wide variety of silver rings, su- silver jewelry, superhero rings. We love the Green Lantern rings that they have. They have, like... I don't know, what would you say, 20 or so rings or something? Something like that. Yeah, like 20 different varieties of Green Lantern rings. They have Green Lantern rings, they have rings based on Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. They even have Joker rings. They have non-comic rings. They have, like, Doctor Who. They have the ultra-cool Red Ring of Death Xbox ring. That one's one's really neat. Yeah, what do the Doctor Who rings look like? It's like a series of circles. I'm not really sure what it what it means because I don't, you know, I haven't watched the series in a long time. But you know, it, when I read the description, it says it was Doctor Who related. It's a cool design though. It's it almost looks like 
in a linked up circles going around the side of one half of the ring. And it's neat looking. Definitely check it out, everybody. Arobasilver.com. And if you type in the discount code DSC10, you can get 10% off. So save some money. Check them out. Buy some rings. They're, they're nice. They're sterling silver. They're high quality craftsmanship. Definitely worth looking at. Yeah, then we'll be, we'll be talking a little more about Aroba Silver later. Yes, indeed. But for now... Do you want to take Green for 50 or should I? You should take this one. Yeah, you should definitely take this one. <laughs> All right. So Green Lantern number 50, the big 5-0. Yes. Uh, all right. So we open up on Coast City. Everything's going nuts. Zombies everywhere. Then the Light Brigade shows up, and it, it, you know, it's all of our standard guys plus all of the deputized heroes and villains from Blackest Night number 6. You know, each of the new guys is kind of being given kind of on-the-job training by the established Lantern, like St. Walker is helping out Barry Allen with his blue ring. Carol Ferris is aiding Wonder Woman. (laughs) Mira is impressing the hell out of Atrocitus, which is kind of freaky. They're not working as a unit. Hal wants to regroup. And then the Spectre decides to get involved, which, which is just all kinds of awesome. They all gang up on the Spectre. Hal makes the decision that, you know what, we need to get help from the one being who the Spectre may very well be afraid of, Parallax. So he has Gantt summon summon all four power batteries, which, you know, they, they divide Parallax into pieces and store them into each of the Earth Lantern's batteries in at the end of the Sinestro War. Uh, Parallax is released. Hal and Sinestro fight over which one's going to jump into him. Hal eventually wins out. And after a blinding burst of yellow light, Hal Jordan is host to Parallax once more. Yep. What do you think? What do I think? I'm actually surprised you didn't want to do the breakdown on this one. I figured you'd be all over it. No, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Although, I was a little surprised that this is issue 50 of Green Lantern. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I think we had this talk before. Like, you want, like, a a big deal number issue to feel like a huge deal kind of thing. Well, I mean, like, you know, if you look at issue 25, you know, that's, like, that was, that ended up being, like, one of my favorite issues of recent years. Maybe, maybe even further back. Issue 25 was amazing absolutely amazing like there was so much stuff that went on in that it was like just this cataclysmic issue now we have issue 50 and you know it's just like business as usual just another part of the storyline you know i mean it's it's a decent story but it seems very much like we're setting up what's going to happen in the the blackest night actual main story yeah no definitely i definitely have that vibe yeah so, you know, it's like, it's it's kind of, it's disappointing that such a big issue for Green Lantern would be used for basically just set up for, you know, the main crossover series. I wonder how things would have been different if they didn't do the skip months. 
because if if we had Green Lantern, if this was set between Blackest Night numbers seven and eight instead of six and seven, then the story of Blackest Night would be in a different place right now. So we might have gotten something, I want to say, bigger in this. Like the like the penultimate chapter of the story. Yeah. Possibly. Although this is one of those issues that makes me wonder. Like, I am really curious, once all said and done, to sit down and read just the Green Lantern issues of Blackest Night and see how that reads as a cohesive whole. Because I'm, I'm still, I still get the feeling that once we, that once we, once you separate out the two books, that it'll feel different. You know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I can understand what you, what you're saying. Now, speaking of Green Lantern 25, a detail I didn't even catch until like halfway through was a, a nice little visual feature that's had in common with that. All the windows in Coast City are green again. Oh, yeah? Yeah, if you remember how like during the Sinestro War, nobody would evacuate the city, and they all just they put like like blankets or plastic or whatever over all their lights so that the windows would shine in support of Green Lantern fighting for them. Yes, yeah. I think it's more subtle in this one, but yeah, you can say it. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of nice to see Hal kind of, like on that first two-page spread, pretty much agreeing with a lot of readers who were like, well, what the hell is up with this deputizing thing? <laughs> His first words in the whole issue was like, you know, this isn't exactly what I wanted when I said we need backup. One thing that I noticed was uh, almost every uh, and every one of the deputized lanterns, like you get just one panel that's like a super huge close up of their eyes, where you can like you can see like the you know the color of their their ring like reflected in their eyes. For the most part, I like that. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense for some of them. I don't think they did it for for Ray. I don't think he got that close up. I really like the Mira page. She just fries her her dead baby and yells, "I never wanted children." <laughs> it's probably terrible of me to love that page. But I just really like it. Yeah, yeah, it is terrible of you. <laughs> I don't know that I really buy the whole atrocitous, you know, being it's like, "Well, I have nothing to say, but welcome to the Red Lantern Corps." You know, it it just, it almost seems a little like, I don't know, that almost seems like cheesy dialogue. Yeah. Well, maybe he thinks that Mera as a Red Lantern is as wonky a decision as readers do, and he's like, oh, sh- that's what she does? Oh, well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, he's so angry. Like, you, you would think that, okay, somebody whose, like, main motivation is rage for him to have, like, you know, almost a comedic moment like that just seems so out of character. It's like, he shouldn't have time to make comments that can be construed as funny. You know, I have nothing to say, but welcome to the Red Lantern Corps. You know, it's like it's like something that you would see, like, in a military movie or something like that, where somebody just has to, you know, they go and they prove themselves. It's like, I have nothing to say, but, but welcome to my team. It's one of those over-the-top sayings. Yeah. Maybe he's sizing her up. Like, later on, when they're fighting the Spectre, uh, Mara says something like, 
you know, after this, we'll kill Aquaman, we'll kill the king. And he's, he says something like, you mean you're old king? Like, maybe he's, I don't know, like, maybe he's, like, looking to make her, like, his queen or something like that. I don't know. Possibly, yeah. They're, they're really, really heavily implying that the Spectre is the, the rage entity. Yeah. <laughs> they, they pretty much all but say it here. Which, yeah. I I mean we've 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 argued about this on the forum, and I don't know, my my whole thing is I'm just afraid that tying the specter to the emotional spectrum will take the specter away from magic. And I don't want to see that happen. Especially like I think the example I used online was was a uh, you know look over at Marvel and what the, what uh, Abner Landing has done with Marvel's cosmic stable of characters, and that's a region of Marvel Comics that nobody's given a crap about for decades, and then all of a sudden, they take these characters who, by all rights and purpose, should never sell books and should always be regarded as jokes, and they're selling like gangbusters. Fans love everything. I tell one of their best books right now stars a, ra- a talking raccoon whose best friend is a tree, and it's in space, and it's a fantastic read. So it's like, I want... I always want the Spectre to be part of the magic so that they always have that option if the right writers come along. But So I, I don't know. I'm not sure what they'll do for the Spectre. But what you're, what you're, you know, the way that you're looking at it, though, first off, you know, they have the Spectre right now, and this particular version of this character is very tied to Hal Jordan and, and the Green Lantern mythos with the, you know, the last... Spectre series was how Jordan merged with the Spectre. So you have that connection right there. Now, while it would be nice to have the Spectre as part of like some sort of magical universe if they start revamping their their magic line at DC, yeah, okay, it would be nice to have him there. But the thing that you're forgetting is that there was a spirit of vengeance before the Spectre. Oh, that was Eclipso, wasn't it? Exactly. So if they decide to take the Spectre off the boards and, you know, say, oh, he was actually the Rage Entity the whole time, then, one, you can keep using him as as what he is, or they, if they, they say, oh, well, okay, now we need a new Spectre. And they just create a brand new Spirit of Vengeance. That's true. Who knows? This whole, the whole rage entity thing could be like a catalyst to turning the specter into something else that's still magic related. I mean, because presumably they're going like if there is what does the prophet say? The what the hell is it? The spirit of vengeance is absolute rage fused with death. Yeah. So presumably they're going to like. I I can see them taking the rage entity out of the specter. And, right. you know, depending on how Blackest Night ends, the death half might not be the same either. So, if the Spectre is one of those characters who nobody really knows what to do with because he's too powerful. So maybe maybe this will be a way to fundamentally change him or it with an in-story explanation. Hmm. Yeah, there's that. Or, like, you can just explain it as simply, okay, so you had the Spectre, and 
he was, you know, he was there, he was doing his job, but because he's the spirit of vengeance, you know, he can tend to get really angry a lot, and because, you know, with that amount of rage mixed with that amount of magical power, it just, it keeps on generating so much rage that eventually the the rage entity was born, like, within the specter. Oh, I might like that. I, I can't be sure. I might like that. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, you know, like, almost like if you had, like, a giant, you know, super magical-powered dude that went around scaring people. Well, you know, his job is just to, to do one thing. But eventually he's going to instill so much fear that it may be that, like, because of him, you know, that's the creation of Parallax. And Parallax is born, you know, within him because of so much, you know, fear. Hmm. You know, it's like, it, as opposed to there just being, like, a whole bunch of willpower just randomly coalescing at one point in the universe, which in and of itself doesn't make a lot of sense. It makes a lot more sense for it to have a catalyst to, you know, to start up in, in one one specific spot. Yeah. But that would still kind of lend to the option of the Spectre being a separate entity from the Rage entity. Yes. Like, huh, okay. And I'll tell you one one other thing that, that bothered me about the Rage entity excuse, or not excuse, but the explanation, is the fact that taking a human host always tempered the Spectre. And you would think the Rage entity of all entities would be the, the most difficult to control. I mean, if a fully powered parallax can jump into somebody and take them over completely, then you would expect there to be nothing a single person could do to keep the rage entity in check. But if it's a single person plus the specter, then then maybe it would work. Ah, it could work. Unless, unless this is with Parallax, he completely takes you over. Maybe that's because Parallax is so close to the center of the emotional spectrum. It could be that the farther out you go, instead of it taking you over more, it could be the kind of thing where like, it almost works in, in contrast to you. How do you mean? Like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but... Like, if you're the rage entity, then you would even hate being inside somebody. True. Oh, I get up. So, yeah, so it may actually, it may work to temper it, because, like, you'd have your personality just, like, always going up against the rage, you know, rage entity's identity or whatever. Okay. Alright. <laughs> you know, I only suggest that because, like you said, Parallax takes you over, like, almost completely. So, you know, you, you figure rage, like, when you have rage, you have, like, an insane amount of rage. And for you to, like, have the rage entity inside you, like, I, I can't imagine ever being able to pry it out. Hmm. If it was, you know, if it was working on the same principle as, as Parallax. God, can you imagine 
this would mean that that Hal Jordan's soul, the Spectre, Parallax, and the Rage Entity were all occupying the same space, the same body at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. That's a sitcom that needs to be written. Uh, did you see on this um the page where Larf Lee jumps at Luther? Oh yeah. Luther's shooting Superman and Superboy. Yeah, I saw that. I I absolutely love the uh the scarecrow with a yellow ring. I know. I I wanted to laugh. I, I really do. <laughs> John's wrote that so well. It's like, you know, you can almost feel the joy that the Scarecrow has in having that ring. And I think the best part about it is he's not happy because he can inflict fear on people better. He's happy because he's yeah. afraid. But he himself is feeling fear for the first time in a long time. Uh, I really do want to read more Scarecrow now. I just don't know what <laughs> good. If you're out there and you know some really good Scarecrow stories from, like, the Batman comics or whatever, write us. I want to know where to look. The page where Hal Jordan takes, like, a giant hammer to uh, Spectra's face. Yeah. Right under that, like, you know, in the middle, the middle two panels on uh, between both pages, the Spectre yells out at Hal Jordan, you cannot escape judgment, Hal Jordan. And then the very next scene has Sinestro saying, You think you're the first one to condemn us, Spectre? I don't care how tall you are, get in line with everyone else. And, like, right there, like, the, I got the flashback to the origins and omens with Hal Jordan standing back-to-back with Sinestro. Oh, yeah. It's like, here... You know, you have the Spectre, and he's like, you know, he's going after Hal Jordan. And, like, he gets he gets not only backup from Sinestro, but, like, Sinestro's, like, sticking up for him, too. Yeah, and later on, since, uh, when Hal is trying to, to join, the Spe- uh, join Parallax, Sinestro's big argument against it is, is, you know, one, you don't know how to control it, I should do it. And two, last time you did this, you destroyed the Green Lantern Corps. So, like, Sinestro was, you know, we know Sinestro believes in the Corps. Here he was trying to, like, stop Hal from killing it again. Yeah. In that same panel, uh, right before the Sinestro one, did you catch the Star Wars reference? Wait, which panel? The one where uh, Hal's flying out of the Spectre's mouth holding the two Guardians. Oh. No, no, what's the Star Wars reference? Well, when, as Hal flies out of Spectre's mouth, he says, uh, and I thought they smelled bad on the outside. That's from, God, I don't know which movie it is. It's the one where they're on, like, the the ice planet, and, like, something happens to Luke or whatever, and whoever he's with has to take a lightsaber and cut open the stomach of their, like, like space camel and put Luke in it for warmth. And they like, ah, oh, I thought it smelled bad on the outside. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, that's a Tauntaun. Yeah, that's like one of the three Star Wars things I know. <laughs> yeah, how about when they take a giant stake and shove it through the Spectre's heart 
and its connection. Oh, wait, no, sorry, just kidding. It's like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, too easy. That's, this is the kind of thing I like, you know, like a renegade zombie specter. Like, this is the kind of threat I like seeing, like, core go up against. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a believable threat. Oh, God, yeah. And it and it really like like it uh, how do I want to say it, it almost amps up your perception of their power because they're standing up against them. Yeah, yeah. I do I do kind of wish we got to see Sinestro merge with Parallax though. First of all, I think that would look amazing, and second, I would love to see what someone who really understands fear could do. Like, would Sinestro? Still, like, would Sinestro get corrupted or controlled the same way as Hal? Or would his his better understanding of fear, put, like, let him steer the wheel or put him in the driver's seat, you know? Possibly. Possibly. Maybe it's that same reason why they don't, why they didn't allow it. Oh, yeah. And that's something I'm very curious, like, I'm very curious for next issue because I want to see what's different this time. Like, because Hal, like, the first time around, Hal was such an easy mark because he didn't understand fear, period. You know, he spent his entire life trying to push it away and pretend like it didn't exist. And for the last, like, I I have absolutely no idea how much in-story time has passed since Rebirth, but for the last, like, four years of stories, Hal Jordan has been overcoming the yellow weakness by, by, like, embracing his fear, basically. Yeah. So something's going to be different. I mean, if you notice, the costume is different this time. It's got, like, that little open open well on the front where the Green Lantern emblem is shining. So, so even though it seems like Parallax is all in the driver's seat, I don't think it's going to be that simple this time. So two things. One... What the hell is going to happen to John, Guy, and Kyle if uh, if their batteries happen to run out of energy? If their rings happen to run out of energy? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, can, I can see Kyle being like, oh, i got to go to my room and recharge. Where the hell did it go? What, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Although Guy and Kyle are on Oa, so... They can always use the big one. Yeah, and John Stewart will be, you know, approaching Earth very, very shortly. <laughs> yeah, the other thing was, like, you know, I I really like Doug Monkey's artwork, but I have to say, like, they put the uh the the promo art for, I guess, Blackest Night number seven cover. Yeah. And like, the 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 Wonder Woman. Star Sapphire from Ivan Reese is just like, like so awesome. Like I think he he draws the costume and her better than than both Doug Monkey and also the guy that's been doing the Wonder Woman miniseries. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely. Like, I agree with you. I mean, like they they both do a great job. Yeah, like you can't really you can't put them next to each other, kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
I, everybody else, you know, is like, you know, you can you can basically interchange it. You know, it's like you know one or the other. But the just the way that I, Ivan Reese does the, you know, the the costume and everything, it's like it's very clear, like defined lines. It's very crisp. It's it's beautiful. That one's really nice. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the second to last page again, like that whole sequence of panels, starting with the big explosion of fear energy up through like like the last panel on that page. It's such a good, just chilling scene. Where it's like there's this giant yellow explosion, and then you just see like the silhouette in the middle of it, and then the the emblem flashes on. And then he starts to speak and just zooms in closer until you get this extreme close-up of just his smiling fang, the eclipsing shadow. It's like yeah. there's such like a thick joy coming off of that panel. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I especially like that the panel where the, uh, the, the costume is like forming itself. And they actually take time to show you that. It possibly would have been even cooler if, like, they gave us a couple more pages like that, where, like, you just see, like, the costume just, like, almost melting over him to form itself. Yeah. Was this a regular... I didn't even count. Was this a regular size issue, or is it bigger for 50 This was definitely a bigger one, because it cost three ninety nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. What did you think of the moment with with Carol, with Hal. Oh, the, the whole I love you, go thing. Yeah. No, I was surprisingly all right with it. Yeah. Kind of like how I was surprisingly okay with my computer dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, 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 I mean, they've made no secret about flirting with the idea. So seeing this felt like it didn't feel like like, oh my god, where'd this come from, or anything like that, you know, and I still, like, I still really hope they don't get back together, which they probably will, but, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just, like, like, I can, I can believe this, like, given their history, especially as, like, a, okay, we're probably all going to die, and you're probably not going to come back from what you're about to do kind of thing, and we have all this history, and we still blatantly care about each other thing, but, yeah. I don't know. It, it seemed right. Okay. I have, to, I have to tell you one last thing, though. Okay. I think my favorite art piece in this book is the page where Hal just, like, hammers the jaw off the specter. Oh, Specifically, yeah. the specter part of it, because... Like, this is, I think Doug Monkey's art is at its best when he's drawing something, like, really dark and really gruesome. Like this, or, like, the black hand issue. And, like, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm, I'm honestly a little afraid of how the book will look after Blackest Night is over, and they presumably take a brighter direction. Because, like, I, all the Doug Monkey work I've really liked has been dark stuff. So I almost I almost want to see them get a new series artist once Blackest Night is over. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of that? <laughs> no, I, I, 
I could swear I've I've definitely seen his his artwork where you know it it makes me think that he'll definitely be able to do a good job after Blackest Night. I can't remember it off the top of my head like at all, but I just like I don't know like stuff that the art that he was drawing for um whatever was happening on Zamoron. Hmm. That was good. Like I don't know the the hope stuff. Like the blue hope stuff, that that maybe I could see worrying about that a little because like you know, the Saint Walker still is a little uh, little wonky. But um, he changed his face again. He changed his face again. He he like took out the triangles. Yeah, I like it more now. Oh yeah, it's definitely closer. It's not right yet, but it's definitely closer. You know, okay, so there was one other thing that I wanted to mention, and when the Spectre is, he's basically, like, grabbing Hal Jordan with, like, tendrils or whatever, he turns him into kind of like a Black Lantern. Hal Jordan of Earth, welcome to the Black Lantern Corps. Yeah. And his costume goes all black. He's got, like, a, you know, a new logo on his chest. He, He looks like he's, like, dead. And then the very next page... It's like this weird, you don't actually know what's going on, but, you know, Said and Ganthet are trying to save him. And, you know, after like one, two, three, by four panels down, he's like completely fine again. That one, like, was kind of odd. Yeah, because, I mean, when I, like, in that one panel, you can clearly see, like, Hal has a black ring on his finger, but I think that's just his green ring corrupted like the rest of him. So it's like, it was it was being connected to the specter that was changing him. So once they, once they cut the ties, there was nothing to hold him there. Right. Okay. Um, the specter's dialogue throughout this, like, he, almost, he sounded like a ring, you know? Possibly. You know, like, like how during a birth you have the ability to instill great will or whatever it was, which I guess is conducive to the ring driving the specter. Well, you know, that that could be them playing up the fact that it's going to be revealed that he is the rage entity or mm-hmm. merged with the rage entity or something. But, like, I kind of took that to be, like, the kind of thing where... He judges people in the language that they understand. So here, something big like this just happened to them, so he's basically taking it and turning it on them. Mm. Okay. You know, like, so the, the, the other thing was Ganthet and Sade, they get eaten by the Spectre, and they're completely powerless in there. And it takes Hal Jordan to save them. I mean, they had to get Hal out, so it could just be like, like once the Spectre has you, you're pretty much done unless somebody comes to get you. Okay. I'll buy that. Yay. <laughs> Are we good with this issue? I think we're good. Okay. So, Green Lantern number 50, definitely a good issue. Not... Not anywhere near as great as number twenty-five, but but definitely a good issue. Oh, 
the very first thought I had upon finishing the issue was, yeah. was God, how can not get out of a 50th issue without merging with Parallax, can he? Oh my God! Oh, dude! You just blew my mind. I completely like did not make that connection at all. Yeah, I didn't think about it either until like I finished it. I'm like, huh, that was number fifty. Okay, yeah, that was on <laughs> Oh. Okay, so for everybody that has no idea what you're talking about. It was number 50 of the previous series where Hal Jordan ended up absorbing the power battery and became Parallax. Wow. Good time. Oh, okay. That. Well, you you just you just made it better. You just made the issue better. That realization definitely makes the issue better. Yeah, reward me with a computer, and we'll call it even. <laughs> <laughs> How about I just send you an email instead? I hate you so much. <laughs> okay. Next up, we have Blackest Night, Resurrected Title, The Adam and Hawkman, number 46, by Jeff Johns and Ryan Sook. Okay, so you got basically like a recap of the Adam's career, his life and his career, as he's being selected to become an Indigo Lantern. And, bam, he's an Indigo Lantern. He's going up against the Black Lanterns of Hawkman and Hawkgirl. He, you know, he escapes. He's kind of getting, like you had said, some on-the-job training from Indigo One, who's showing him that they can absorb any of the other emotions that are in the vicinity, and all the other emotions are in the vicinity because of the deputized corps. So, she, you know, Indigo 1, she decides to, uh, what she has to do is just try and get a hold of the other cores to, she has to get a hold of the Indigo core to, uh, go and get the rest of the cores, transport them to Earth, so that way they can, you know, fight off Necron and the Black Battery. And Adam, his job is to protect Indigo 1. Now... You have the uh, like you like I said before. You have Hawkman. You have Hawk Girl. You also have their their first incarnations, the uh, Egyptians who were previously in the center of the Star Sapphire Battery. Those Black Lanterns are coming at him too. So he's dealing with all these. He's using you know different emotions. He's using uh, orange, uh, avarice, and all of a sudden. Out pops Gene Loring, who is Adam's ex-wife, who is a Black Lantern and was also Eclipso when she died. She hops into Indigo One's ring to corrupt it, and Adam's got to jump back into that one now to to save Indigo One. And you know you have you have Ray going up against um, Gene Loring, uh, this Black Lantern, and um, you know they. They go go at it like crazy. He's like having a lot of stuff from his past thrown back in his face, until finally he absorbs willpower as well as his own compassion powers, and he just like severs the connection of Gene Loring, which is awesome. 
and by severing that con- that connection, the uh, the infection in Indigo's one's ring is reversed. So she's able to send her message to uh, to all the other different cores, well, to Indigo to to go and help the other cores, and it basically ends with that message, you know, going out and. Ray and Indigo One just like teaming up to to take out more Black Lanterns, but with the one little thing that's going to lead into Blackest Night Number Seven, since he helped her out, now Adam wants Indigo One to help him figure out a way to bring Hawkman and Hawkgirl back to life. I really like the little note they gave on on how the power mimicking works. With how, uh, like the little details, of how like you have to kind of reach out. You can you have to feel the other emotional power that's around you. You have to listen for it, but some of them are louder than than others, and and can be harder to control, like rage or greed. Indigo One actually has trouble with the red power that she's channeling from Atrocitus and or Mira. Now mm-hmm. uh, Ray, you know he goes to you know he knows. Hal's ring can kill these things, so he tries channeling Hal, but he misses and gets Larfleet. Right. The the one thing that I thought was odd in this, and like I mean, this is I guess a minor criticism because overall I really did like this issue. She shows him. She basically shows Ray, you know, about the rage thing, and you know, after she demonstrates how to do it the very next panel, she's, like, going into her meditative state. It's like, you know, at least try and get somewhere slightly safer, I would think. (laughs) You're in the middle of a battle, like, right there. Like, literally right there. Like, you just burned a dude with your rage power. And, like, that's when you decide to stop and say, oh, time to send off my mass email, basically. Especially when the whole crux of their plan is that her entire t- tribe can teleport. Well, go somewhere else yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I like how this is very firmly set at the exact same time as Green Lantern number 50. Because on the one page yes. where Ray channels the the orange light, you can, see, you can yes. clearly see the specter fighting the other lanterns in the background. Right. This actually might take place, like, slightly after number 50. Only because, like, you have all the Black Lanterns from space, like, descending on Earth. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's right, those two Hawks were in... Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, right around there, right, right at that point, basically. I like the recap of Ray Palmer's life for him to become the Indigo Lantern. Yeah, and I especially like how it, you know, when I saw the first page, I thought, all right, why are they, because I understand giving a little extra detail to a character everyone might not know or whatever, but but I thought it was a little odd for them to start telling his whole life story until I realized that, you know, this this whole first page kind of goes to the larger narrative about how about his life and about how he deals with stuff, you know. To try and make yeah. things better, he ends up retreating from the world. And that started simply as, you know, 
he wanted to become a scientist, so he stayed inside away from the other kids playing outside. And the result is we got the atom. And then it goes, Sue left you, so you retreated and went down to live with tiny ant-sized people on a frog. And then Sue killed your best friend's wife, so you retreated down into this microscopic world again. So it's, it, it took something that I thought was like kind of a gratuitous page, or I don't even know if gratuitous is the right word, but and it made it make sense. Yeah. And it, it had me wondering if this is how it goes for uh, every person that becomes an Indigo Lantern. Yeah, since there was... Because, like, when he did get the, the ring, we just got the typical, like... Or do we even get dialogue bubbles from the ring when he got it, or was it all in Indigo language, or...? I don't remember. Yeah, me either. It wasn't this much, though. Yeah, no. Oh, that's another thing. I was surprised that there was no, like, Indigo language in this at all. Well, they they didn't need to be. Because it was basically, like, the only people alive in this issue were Ray and Indigo 1. Oh, yeah, I know, but there's a lot of Ray talking to, like, Black Lanterns and stuff, but, so... I don't know, I found it a little weird that they could understand what he said. Unless well, he's consciously, like, speaking English or something. I mean, like, do they ever understand what he says to her, to Indigo 1? I don't know. Yeah, no, they're not, they're not really around in, in one piece when the two of them are talking to each other, so... So it could be that, yeah, they are talking to each other in Indigo language. But they're just translating it for us. True. They still don't explain how he got a a staff. Yeah. I am becoming more interested in the Indigos as we go, though. Which, I I, I was kind of intrigued by them early on, then that kind of dropped off, and now it's, like, coming back. I'm happy about that. I mean, they don't—they don't give us too much more information about the Indigo Lanterns. They basically list it as energy manipulation and flight. The ring is able to teleport you to those who need aid, as well as heal them. And when you are within the vicinity of another lantern, as we are, you are capable of reconfiguring our light into theirs. Listen for them, feel them. But take care, some are loud and some are difficult to control, such as rage. Yeah. We also know that the Indigo Rings apparently use dial-up, because it takes, like, for, it takes for you forever for the contacts for home flashes. Which is, which is ironic, considering that they can teleport anywhere instantly, but when they want to communicate, that's when it takes a while. Yeah. Well, maybe it has to do with their power draining. Their power requirements again, which still doesn't make sense to me if they have their batteries with them all the time. But whatever, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm still like I'm glad Gene Loring is gone now because 
Yeah. I, I've just been confused by her a little bit since she, she popped up because I'm, I'm chalking up everything she's done as a Black Lantern to her supposedly having, like, Eclipso-like powers. Because she just yeah. seems to be able to do whatever random thing they feel like having her do. Which, yeah. I don't know, I'm... And I'm I'm assuming this is the Black Ring approximating Eclipso powers because Jean Loring would be an insanely greater threat if she like 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 you said, like this Eclipso was the spirit of vengeance before the Spectre. So Jean should be a much larger threat than she has been, so I'm 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 taking it like, okay, this is just the approximation, it's not actually Eclipso or whatever. So when, when she's sending the message, you have the symbols for red, green, blue, violet, and yellow. But no orange, because there's only one orange lantern. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I, I looked at that first, I'm like, why are there some missing? And then I realized, oh, she's sending, like, the home world they have to go to. I get it. Oh, the coloring is off for uh, Odom. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, why did she send someone to... Oh, that's Odom. (laughs) Yeah. Big old purple battery. Yeah. That's that's worse. He decided, you know, everybody's gone. I'm going to give the place a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. Oh, and hey, look. They confirmed that Corridor is the homeworld of the Sinestro Corps. It is now, I guess. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. You doubted me. <laughs> every, every every time somebody's going to use that planet for something, I call and you're like, no, nah, I don't think so, and it turned out to be right. What uh, what was the the original planet, Homeworld? They were on Quard, I think. Yeah, they were on Quard, where the Weaponeers were. Yeah, but that's like that's another dimension. Well, it has like there's a, there's an actual planet called Quard. Yeah, and it's in sector negative one. Yeah, it's in it's in the antimatter universe. Exactly. So. Well, I mean, like, it's kind of difficult to get there. Oh, yeah, because until they moved, every time you would see someone coming to or from it, there would be, like, these little ring bubbles saying, like, like preparing for antimatter jump or something or antimatter transport. Like, like they were jumping into the antimatter universe every time they had to come or go from it. Right. Yeah, it seems like a pain. Yeah, I don't know. How about uh, some of these other indigo lanterns? I like the bird. <laughs> they have a weird bird. <laughs> yeah. I like the bird. I like the bubble bat. <laughs> I'd hate to be the one that just materializes in a river of blood, though. <laughs> like, that's, that's the kind of thing I'll week. <laughs> <laughs> They'll show up on your small. You're like, okay, everyone, we have to. Ah, Christ. 
Well, it's not like they're wearing shoes or anything. I know, it's terrible. And I think this is the first time we've seen Zamoron since it blew up, <laughs> which, which you know, it's good to know Zamoron didn't blow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, now like it's that much better off. Yeah. I really like that pa- that uh, panel of Ray killing Jean, where she's like, it's the atom symbol, but it's composed of, like, the two lights. Yeah. Totally awesome. Like, I have to imagine this is, like, even maybe even as much as Green Lantern 50, this had to have been the one you were looking forward to, because, like, not only were you right about Indigo Ray, but now you got an entire issue devoted to Indigo Ray. Yeah, yeah, actually, I, I read this before I read Green Lantern 50. I believe it. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm totally into the whole, uh, you know, indigo light and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, this was, this was great. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of Hawkman in it, but, you know, that's, that's absolutely fine by me because I was, you know, way more interested in the Atom and, uh, you know, the whole indigo light. Same. I mean, and in advance the story of Black and White, too, which I guess we shouldn't be surprised about since Jeff Johns wrote it, but... Right. I mean, you know, they make up for not focusing on Hawkman as much by the fact that they put in two of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, are we good for uh, Adam and Hawkman? Yep. So... Blackest Night JSA number two. You want to do this one? Sure. And this is the same creative team as the last issue. James Robinson, Tony Bedard, Eddie Barrows. Wait, who did the... Where's the credits page? Oh, this is co-written. Tony Bedard didn't co-write the first one, did he? I don't think he did. I don't think so. Yeah, interesting. Maybe they were running late. And... Penciled by Eddie Barrows and Marcos Mars. Interesting. And just because it's Black as Night, colorist is Rod Reis. R-E-I-S. Okay. How would you pronounce that? Uh, Rod Reis. Of course you would. So, this starts out, we get some more Black Lantern recaps, this time for Damage, Johnny Quick, and... Your favorite and mine, Earth to Lois Lane. <laughs> then <laughs> it, it cuts back to Mr. Terrific's lab in wherever the hell they live, <laughs> where he's trying to, you know, combine the lights of um, who they have: Green Lantern, Doctor Fate, Star Girl, Lightning, and that's it, I think, into some sort of super duper Black Lantern killing machine. You know, meanwhile, over in the kitchen of presumably the same building, <laughs> uh, Wildcat and Power Girl are confronting Black Lantern Lois, who, you know, totally wins them over. <laughs> Outside, Johnny Quick shows up in probably the best single page of art in the entire book, says like three words to Jess, Jess Chambers, Jess Quick, Liberty Bell, whatever you want to call her, his daughter, uh, completely wins her over. <laughs> then we cut. Then we cut to Black Lantern damage. 
who's talking to, you know, Adam Smasher and what's her name? Judo Master? That's a terrible name. And, yeah. you know, totally wins them over. That, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Black Lantern damage blows the hell out of the entire group of Black Lanterns, seemingly winning over everyone else. <laughs> Except Mr. Terrific, Terrific realizes he wasn't blowing up the crowd of Black Lanterns. That won't kill them. They'll just come back from that. He was blowing a hole in our stronghold. So now they can, the Black Lanterns can just walk right in. And wouldn't you know, Black Lantern Lois does. Because, you know, she, her whole thing is, I want to see my husband. I want to die beside my husband. And, you know, you know uh, Earth 2 Superman is on a table in Mr. Terrific's lab. And as soon as she gets close enough, the Black Ring leaves her, severing her connection, thank God. And it goes right on Earth to Superman, who comes back as a Black Lantern again. So. Yeah. Can you guess why I hated most about this? Oh. No, I, I, can't, I can't guess at all. <laughs> I can't tell that sarcasm. <laughs> like... Every there there's three Black Lanterns being spotlit here, and all three of them do the exact same thing, and it works 100% across the board. Like they each say, "Oh no, I'm I'm different than the others. I'm so sorry that I don't want to do bad things. I just want to die." And they're all like, "Oh, you poor thing." And they totally buy into it, even though they've been fighting a city full of these things for the last, like, 12 hours. And I am so disappointed in Jeff Quick. Like, well, yeah, okay, it's her dad. And he just recently died. All right, that, that one would probably sting more. But, like, like she's all, like, like daddy's little girl about this. And she's like, like, oh, dad, I'm so glad you're back, even though you're a flesh-eating zombie and are you looking at me like you're gonna eat me? Here's my new costume. Yeah, here let me let me change my clothes to to look just like you. Hey, look at me! Ha ha! What you want to take me running with you so we're isolated from all the others that could help me? Sure. God. You know what's creepy? What? Oh man! And I just realized, like, what? She changes her costume at super speed, right? Yes. Oh no. Like. Like, she literally, like, it's not the kind of thing where she's using the Speed Force now. Like, she literally is, like, changing her costume. Because you can see she's, like, I guess pulling the costume back on or whatever like that. And it's a little blurry panel right here as she's saying yeah. the uh, the formula. Oh, Jesus. Her father is, like, standing right there. And not only can he move in super speed, but he can see in super speed. She just changed in front of her father. Oh God! No! Oh! Oh! Oh God! That's gross. It doesn't help that the very next page, that splash page of her, is like one of the like most awkward-looking images in the entire book. <laughs> it's, you know, it's so weird because it's awkward-looking, and yet by the same token, it's kind of hot. So, like, I'm kind of torn on it. <laughs> I'll take your silence as revulsion, and I'm okay with that. Oh, good. That's that's good. Can you tell which part I I hated about this issue? Um, oh, there's so much to choose from. 
It would have to be them getting rid of Black Lantern Lois, because I know you really loved her as a character, and, and you wanted oh. to see her focused on in Black and White proper. Oh, I see. So, so you're doing the sarcasm thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What was your least favorite part? Let me think here. Maybe... Was it, was it, was it the recap again? Was it? Yes, it was! Yes! And you Got know it. What? You know what? You know what? What? I agree with you this time. <laughs> yeah, like, because, okay. So, yeah, okay. Now, the first time around, my my only problem with the recap page was basically the layout. I, I can kind of concede that the way that they did it kind of worked because each panel, like, it was thematically, like, very similar without, like, like slamming you over the head with it. Mm. Now, this, on the other hand, it's, like, it's, like, so blatantly, like, just pounding it, pounding it into your head, like, I was a son to a man I didn't know. The next one, I was a father, a hero and a father who loved his daughter. You know, like, that's, that's you know, that's his claim to fame. You know what? I, he loved his daughter. Jesse, my darling girl, how I loved you. And then the third one, I was a mother to a girl from the stars. Like, actually, no, she wasn't, really. So, uh, but, like, regardless of that, and then, like, the next page is, like, so I, I, you know, like, I existed for five seconds, and then I died. And then they rise. With the, the differences that I had with the, the first issue's recap page, like, I can still concede that, you know, okay, well, I, I probably didn't prefer it. It it was it was decently done. It was definitely decently done. And the art was good in all of it, and, you know, it gave you the recap. It was a little difficult to follow, but you got it all, and I, I understand that. This, like, they barely give you their, their stories. The art is like, I don't know, does it change completely? Yeah, I think it, it changes completely between all three pages. Like, the first page is, like, this nice painted style. The second page, it's, like, a merge of painted and, like, just regular, you know, regular comic art. And, like, the third page is just, like, completely comic art. You know, what's what's the point? It's, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's, like, morphing into that art style good enough that that's the explanation for what they're trying to do. It's just, like, you know, it's disjointed. The, the recap stories are just, like, you know, completely, you know, one-dimensional. They're completely useless. Johnny Chambers, Johnny Quick. Johnny Quest. It literally says, I... Huh? Johnny, Quest. Johnny Quest. <laughs> I was a father, a hero, and a father who loved his daughter. Jesse, my darling girl, how I loved you. I loved you so much I gave you my formula. I watched you run with pride. I watched you. Until me, the runner, too, came to the end of the road. That's it. That's his story. That's his entire recap. I, I mean, come on. I know, like, come on. All the, like, all the things you said about number about the rehab in issue one, that I was, I was saying, no, 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 that's not there. That's not really how you're supposed to do it. Like, all those bad things were here. <laughs> like, because this is <laughs> yeah. very blatantly... Because, like, you know, my whole thing with, with issue one was, like, they were just giving you, like, these, like, 
these like like few second blips of their lives, and then you would change channels, and then change channel again, and then flip back, and they would pick up somewhere else. This one, they're very blatantly like like every Johnny Quick panel is flows directly into each other, and this, every Lois Lane panel flows directly into the next. So it's like. Like, this is one where it actually would have been better if they just had the Johnny Quick page and the Damage page and the Lois Lane page. Or if they just wrote it better. (laughs) (laughs) This would probably be a lot better if it didn't suck. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, the art, like, I I really do feel like they wanted it to start kind of bright and idealized and then fade into gritty, but they they didn't nail that middle page at all if they wanted to do that. Yeah, no. I gotta say, after that, after that that recap, I actually enjoyed the story. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I like how Dr. Midnight pointed out that all of our heavy hitters are in this room. Well, it's just like the junior squad outside who's handling the army of zombies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They all pretty much know, like, you know, the Black Lanterns are all there to get them. But the fact that they just lost damage hours ago, basically, and, you know, here he's coming to him. it's like, look, I want to make things right. I want to take everybody out. I, I can see them going for that. I can see them buying that. And, you know, and you also have, you have, uh, was it Magog? Yeah. Magog is like, what are we doing here? You can't just let him through. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we can't. It's okay. It's like, um, I really hope you know what you're doing because that seemed really stupid to me. <laughs> when the dog is the voice of reason, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and with Lois Lane, like, I totally bought that because she doesn't have any powers of her own. She's She's Lois Lane. Her her entire existence is being in love with Superman. So wanting to go and die with, with her husband, Superman, is completely believable. It's It would seem out of the ordinary for a Black Lantern, but it is kind of believable. I thought it was brilliant, like, the way that they all set this all, set this up. You know, because they had Mr. Terrific, the original Mr. Terrific... I guess coming up with a plan. Yeah. Like that that's what happened. Like Miss the original Mr. Terrific who you know like like this Mr. Terrific would always, you know, figure out ways to get things done. You know, like I guess, I guess he was like kind of a like a really good tactician. He sets his whole plan into motion where damage like clears a path to the house. Lois gives her ring to uh to Superman. And they take Jesse Quick off the table by having her go and run with her father. Yeah, yeah, Jay had better step in there. That's all I'm saying. And he had better, like, smack Jesse for going with him. Although I think we got confirmation that they weren't in the same building. <laughs> I I think, like, the what I, what I was kind of getting out of that was Mr. Terrific and the other heroes are definitely at Star Labs right now. Oh, yeah. And if you look at, there's a page here with the silhouettes of Wildcat, Power Girl, and Lois Lane. 
and they're just kind of like looking across this like massive amounts of explosions and stuff. You know, there's no point. There's there's no point in going because there's just so much going on right now. We're not even going to be able to get over there. So, I, I I'm guessing that maybe they're in like a nearby building on the Star Labs compound or something like that. It looks like 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 they're at least across the street from Star Labs, or like a block away or something. Because I mean, like like you have all the commotion over there, then the the explosion goes off, and then they run inside. So it's like I don't know. They, wherever they were, it was like it was close to the Star Labs building that the others are in, but it wasn't the same building. Yeah. Did it bother you at all that? At the beginning of the issue, we see, like, Dr. Midnight has this whole infirmary set up with, like, uh, I want to say his name is Mr. America or something. Like, like they have yes. their wounded team members in there. And then when you look after the explosion that the, the cube Alan made to protect everybody, it's like, it blatantly doesn't include that area. <laughs> oh! 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 oh. Oh man! I, you know, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of flash me back to uh, what the Adam said about having a good health plan in the Indigo special. Oh wow! Oh, that uh, sucks for him. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so the the third issue we have. Black Lantern, Superman, back once again. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what they do with him this time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was clever how they got rid of him last time, and that was my big thing. I'm like, how are they going to get rid of him? I mean, obviously they're going to. And so I now it's, it's back to square one with that. We're like, okay, they did it. They pulled it off once. What the hell are they going to do again? I guess one last thing, in the the page where they're all shooting at the beginning, like they're all firing their energy into one spot in Mr. Terrific's lab, there's kind of like almost this lantern-shaped thingy right next to Stargirl's face. Wait, say that again? Uh, In the beginning of the issue, right after the Rise page, when they're all fi- when Doctor Fate and Alan and Stargirl are all firing their energy together, inside that right. bubble, there's there's kind of like a Green Lantern logo kind of thing, kind of shape in there. Oh, yeah, I can kind of see what you're talking about. Better not work. <laughs> Alan Scott's is the the logo on his uh, his shirt. It's a it's a battery. It's a Green Lantern battery, but. It looks a lot more like a regular Green Lantern core battery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also on the next page, it shows it really good. Oh, yeah. Hmm. They probably figured, as long as it looks different from the core, why not? The infirmary is in another room, right? I think so. Yeah, there's a there's a yeah there's an image where Doctor Midnight is coming out of the infirmary to 
I guess, talk to everybody, letting them know that, you know, all the heavy hitters are inside. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, so he's coming out of another room. So, um, I don't know, it could be that that section is just, like, really well shielded and is safe. That's probably what they'll go with. <laughs> yeah, or magic, I don't know, either one. Like, Dr. Midnight's owl saved them somehow. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of, you know, all of these Black Lantern rings flying off into, you know, wherever, after Damage's explosion? Eh. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, that could have been part of the plan, because, I mean... I mean, it looked like Lois sent her ring to Superman. So maybe, like, like the Black Lanterns, like, had their rings fly off or something. Like, knowing that they would just come back or something. I don't know. Possibly. Because, I mean, no connections were severed. That's definite. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You would, you would have seen something. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, that was better than last time. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like like aside from that that little issue with the you know the the recap page, um, like the story was, I I really like this. I did really enjoy this, and I really enjoyed the Adam and Hawk man, and. Green Lantern was great, you know, it was, it was just definitely a solid issue. I it wasn't wasn't anniversary worthy, I would say, but definitely a solid issue. Yeah. So I am a little worried about the third JSA. Just because I feel like they have I feel like they have enough they have to get done next issue that they better not waste any pages, you know. <laughs> huh. Oh well not really because They'll have to address Jesse Quick and her father, and then presumably Mr. Terrific will figure out how to get that that weapon working, and uh, that'll be it. It better not work, I swear to God. Oh, it's definitely going to work. Oh! Oh! Like, okay, if they end up like like, somehow approximating the Psycho Pirates' powers or something, then okay. But they, you cannot have... It's like, especially if, like, a super genius out in space and a robot from the future couldn't make it work, Mr. Terrific should not be able to make it work. That's, no, no. I won't have it. <laughs> well... What what you're what you're forgetting is they don't. It's not like all they have is a projection gun from the future. You know, like Skeets could only approximate the energy. What they have now is like they they have Alan Scott's ring, which is it's based on magic, but it should also have some of the Green Lantern capabilities as well. So. If if that's like if it's not breaking any connections because you know it's so magic intense, you also have Doctor Fate there. 
So, I mean, like, you know, it could be that, like, if you combine both of their energies, Dr. Fate's magic kind of neutralizes the magic aspect of Alan Scott's, you know, the magic in his ring, leaving mm-hmm. just, like, not a lot, but some willpower energy. And then mm-hmm. combine that with uh, Lightning and Stargirl, and I don't know, who knows? Maybe. I tend to wonder, though, how much the whole, like, the Yalinger story still plays into Alan Scott, though. Because it seems like he's so Starheart-based lately that, like, well, not even lately, like, like since the 90s. Like, it seems so... It, it, it seems like like he's all Starheart, no Green Lantern battery kind of thing. Mm. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens. Better not work. <laughs> we shall see. So, we're going to skip taking a break tonight and uh, just do a little bit of uh, a quick quick info things. Yeah, we should do a uh, reminder of for our contest. Right, our contest is actually being extended until February twenty eighth due to some technical glitches. So you still have time to get those entries in. So if you decided that you didn't want to listen to previous episodes or, you know, this is the first episode you're joining us with, congratulations. Enter this contest. It's awesome. (laughs) This contest, all you have to do is send in an email or even send in a voicemail and just let us know within, you know, about a paragraph or so, an instance where you either exhibited an emotion from the emotional spectrum or, you know, you overcame some emotion or something to that effect. Maybe there's a story where you had to have great willpower in order to get something done and you did it and it makes for a really great story. Like, you want that to be your entry. Or if you had to overcome great fear or something, you know, you displayed great compassion or hope or some sort of, you know, love-based story or even rage. As Dan likes to say, though, try and keep it tasteful because we want to be able to say these on the air. Oh, as I like to say, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, reading some on the air or if you had a voicemail, we'll be playing that. So, play some of the best ones. But it's a contest that really anybody can try out for because everybody out there has experienced an emotion and, you know, has a story. So, you you send in this, you know, this, this story and, you know, let us know who you are. And you can get your ent- entries in, you know, up until February 28th. And then... On March 1st, we're going to go through all the entries, figure out which one we like the absolute best, and that person who wins is going to win their choice of rings from Aroba Silver. And a little clarification. Ideally, what we're looking for is one story per person. I think, what was it, one or more than one person sent us in, you know, basically one it's like a different story for each of the emotions, which is awesome initiative. 
but in the interest of fairness, you know, we don't want to have, you know, one guy who has seven times the chance of winning as the person that only sends in one. So, right. So, you know, if, if you have sent in multiple stories or multiple entries, we'll be contacting you to, to see which one you would like us to, to consider as your, your submission. And so like one, one story per person. And ideally it should focus on one emotion, but you know, that can be kind of a gray area depending on what the context of the story is or the overlap. And that's fine. Right. Yes. So, as I was saying about the prize, our great sponsors at arobasilver.com, they have been kind enough to give us a ring, your choice of ring. So, you know, you let us know which size, you know, which ring you want, and we'll have it shipped right off to you. And to, to give everybody, like, a little example as to what we might be looking for, we have courtesy of our program director, Jason Grice. He he sent in what he would send in if he was participating in the contest, even though he can't. <laughs> so, his story, he writes, So I was at my computer, which is in the upstairs hallway. My oldest daughter, who's nine, walks over to me from my son's bedroom, where she was not supposed to be. She had a terrified look on her face and was almost in tears. She had taken my son's hush action figure off of his shelf to play with it. Now he had saved his money to buy it online for almost $30 with shipping and handling. So she was standing there holding hush and his hand, which she accidentally broke off, was in her other hand. I talked to her for a moment and then I called to my son, who was 12, to come upstairs. I told him what had happened, and that it was an accident, and anger washed over his face. His eyes started to well up, and without skipping a beat, he said in a hushed tone, Christian Grice of Earth, welcome to the Red Lantern Corps. He turned around and walked to his room. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, like... That 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 is such an awesome entry. Like I, I can't even imagine that. Like just being so angry. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Wow. He welcomed himself to the Red Lantern Corps. How old how old is his son again? Twelve. He's twelve. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So Sorry about the action figure, Christian. Yeah, yeah, that stinks. But... Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get better. You'll get over it. <laughs> Let's see. The other things that I wanted to mention, one of our listeners, Eric Ridgway, who goes by FlashGL78 on the forums, it's going to be his birthday on the 7th of February. So, happy birthday, Eric. By the time you listen to this, your birthday will have passed. Yeah, happy birthday. Okay, so, happy birthday, Eric, and... Oh, okay. So, I probably should have written something down, but <laughs> this is going to be this is gonna be an off-the-cuff reminder, or whatever. I was talking to Mark Marble, 
who is uh, one of the administrators for the Green Lantern Core game on Facebook. And, you know, they've, they've been, you know, making lots and lots of additions to the game to just to really make it a more immersive experience. There's so much more to do now. So definitely go check out the Green Lantern Core game. Uh, we'll throw up a link in the show notes, but you can go to Facebook and just do a search for Green Lantern Core. Uh, I think that's, you know, that should get you there. And right now they're having a contest, actually. And it's actually a pretty cool contest. All you have to do to win this contest is submit an idea for a new item to be played in the game. Once you get to a certain level in the game, you can make new new weapons, make new missions, things like that. And what their contest is, if you submit a new new item or a new mission or something like that, which will in turn make the game more fun to play for everybody, they'll put you in a uh, a drawing and I think uh I want to say like the beginning of March they're going to pick one winner and that winner is going to win a full set of the plastic lantern core rings that were given away with all the comics in November. That's cool. So definitely something to check out. That's that's a neat prize and it's easy to set up a mission or create a an item. I've created a few myself. It's fun and it's it's awesome because you know that you're helping to contribute to the game. So even if you don't win the rings, which is an awesome prize, you you still are helping to create, you know, an even better game. So so definitely check that out and good luck. Nice. Okay. So now Super Show? Yes, yeah, Super Show. It's in Reading, Pennsylvania on the what was it, twenty sixth and twenty seventh? Of March? I want to say 27th and 28th. Let me let me see if I can look. Cause I'm on, I'm I'm talking on my calendar right now. You're talking on your calendar? Yeah yeah no that's not gonna happen. So it's 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 the end of March. We'll we'll elaborate next episode. But it's, um, oh okay wait 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 I got it I got it. It's March 27th and 28th at the Greater Reading Expo Center. You can go to cgssupershow.com or comicgeekspeak.com and look for the Super Show button. The Comic Forum has a sub-forum for the Super Show. You can arrange to get commissions from people. You can plan travel buddies. You can carpool with other people coming from your state or country. There's people flying in from Australia and England for this. People driving in from Canada, up from Florida. I've some Atlanteans are coming out of the ocean. They're going to be there. It, you have no excuse. Go. Just go to Super Show. It's a great time. It's 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 like it's a nice it's a gathering of friends that you don't realize you have yet. How about that? How's that for a tagline? For them? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Everybody like everybody there is totally approachable. Whether it be podcasters, artists at tables, people you've never heard of, people in the aisles, just Take somebody, talk to them, make a friend. I think I, I think I spoke to and befriended everyone at Super Show last time except for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. That was that was absolutely just like hysterical when it's like, oh wait, you're that guy. I can't believe I never ran into you. Uh, 
Yeah, it's and it's very very affordable. It's I think a weekend pass is twenty bucks, and if you have a child, I think thirteen or under or something like that, it's they're free. Uh, it's a very family friendly environment, even though Lauren is coming, <laughs> and it's <laughs> and there's there's a whole mess of hotels right down the road from it. So you can find, I mean, like the Days in where I booked is filled up now, but there's another, I want to say it's the Comfort Inn, I don't remember if that's right, but like you can, you'll you'll be able to get a room for eight, between 80 and 90 bucks a night, which is pretty good. We will have rings to give away. We'll have a Red Lantern power battery that I still have to finish making to raffle off. <laughs> you won't even finish the battery. You'll just mark it as like like battle damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won't paint it. I'll call it the White Lantern battery. God, you're so lazy. <laughs> yeah, come on, everybody. You gotta you gotta check it out. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so check out Super Show. Anything else, Dan? Do we have any other announcements or anything? I don't think so. I'm I'm looking forward to getting a computer again and going through some of the contest submissions that we've apparently gotten already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we we've definitely gotten some good ones. How I guess in the long run we were lucky because like that could have crapped out during our recording, but it happened like two hours after we finished. Well, that was, that was yeah, good. yeah, yeah. I guess other than that, I hope we don't have to do this by phone again because this is awkward as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but of course the, the 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 sound quality is just so amazing when we do it through the phone. Oh God! <laughs> it must be what Jason goes through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so uh, to close out the show, let's see. We got. You can send us an email at lanterncast at gmail dot com, or individually at. Jim, Dan, or Jason at LanternCast.com. We have a website, LanternCast.com. From there, you can click on the links to either go to our forum, which is also found at TheComicForums.com, or you can get to our Facebook page from there. Yep. We're on iTunes. Leave us a review. Become our Facebook friends. Check out our forums. Oh, even if you don't like post on the forums you should probably check out the forums because we we definitely come up with a lot of stuff either talk back and forth for previous episodes and things like that so if we like mention something on an episode and you're like hmm, i wonder if they'll ever go back to that and talk about that again chances are that if you go to the forums we may have elaborated on it already so even if you don't feel like signing up which you totally should yeah then, you know, you can at least go and, you know, read what we're, you know, what everybody's writing. Yeah, I mean, hell, in this episode, I, I, I uh, alluded to the fight we had about the Spectre, and that played out over, like, a page and a half of the fo- of a forum thread. So there's some good stuff there. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. We also post a lot of news on our Facebook page, so, you know, check that out if you want to be able to check out some cool Green Lantern news here and again. Oh, and our voicemail line. Oh, yeah. If you want to send those contest entries to our voicemail line, it would probably help if we gave you the number. Our voicemail line is 
600-7357. So leave us a voicemail. We didn't get to any of the actual voicemails that we had waiting for us this episode because of the fact that Dan is doing the whole thing over the phone. Yeah, I can't hear any of them. <laughs> yeah, but um, maybe next week. Maybe next week we'll play some voicemails. Also, as you're listening to this episode, the Justice... What is it? The Smallville Justice... Society. Total Justice? Yeah. The Smallville Justice Society episode will have played. It will have played out, so, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about it next episode. I, I think that would be fun. I mean, the first, like, primetime live-action TV appearance of a Green Lantern. That's definitely, definitely noteworthy. Yes. I'll have I to remember, remember to TV it. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to forget it. Like, I, I, yeah, as we record that, that's like, as, I mean, as we record this, that it's like tomorrow night. I you know, I actually thought that it was gonna be on tonight and I was like looking at my clock, I'm like, oh shoot. It's like eight forty now and I completely forgot and like, oh okay, it's tomorrow because I saw it in one of the comics. What time does Smallville come on? Is it eight o'clock? I have no idea. (laughs) I'll find out. The movie comes on at eight, that I know. I don't know about the actual series though. Oh, I, well, that's all I need to know. I mean, I, I assumed it was in ta- Smallville's time slot. No, because I think Smallville's on Thursdays. Is it? I haven't watched Smallville in like eight years. I don't know. Okay. Well, we've given them all the information they need, so... Oh, one more thing. <laughs> I could possibly have <laughs> Yeah. By the time you listen to this episode, it should come out on a Monday... If that's the case, then tomorrow, Tuesday, February 16th, that is when the MaddieCollector.com sale goes on, where they will have that Justice League Unlimited version of the kind of like Alan Scott Green Lantern analog, the Green Shield figure, along with the other characters from that series. Oh yeah, like Tom Turbine and those, those guys, like they have a Flash or something. Right, so... Mark your calendars, check com, and pick up that figure if you want it. Is it just as a set, or can you get them individually? Nah, you got to got to get the whole set. Okay, so get the set, keep the Green Lantern one, eBay the. <laughs> That's smart. I may end up doing that myself. <laughs> okay, so we done. We're done. Good night, everybody. Good night. Ever have to read between the lines